Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, Satellite Sisters. We're excited to announce our new weekly newsletter, Pep Talk. That's right. It's happening. A little pep talk in your inbox on Fridays starting in August. Every issue will be short and sweet with podcast highlights, our recommendations for books, TVs, and films that are going to keep you entertained, plus recipes and other, you know, tidbits. And of course, there'll be a little pep talk because we all need that right now, don't we? It's the perfect newsletter to enjoy and then share with your satellite sisters and misters. You can find sign-up links all over the place, on our social media, on our website, on our Facebook, on our Instagram. We would love to have you sign up for Pep Talk now. Thanks. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a satellite sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. Thanks for being with us today. I'm Leanne Dolan here in Pasadena, California. I'm the youngest sister, and I'm also, I think, the smokiest sister today. I'm the hottest sister and the smokiest, and that has everything to do with the weather. I'm all fine. Thanks for everyone who asked. I'm a writer and producer, and I'm looking forward to today's show. Liz, you're back in the Golden State. How are you? I am home in Santa Monica, sisters. I'll just say this. This is... Not where I expected to wake up this morning, but I will explain later on to the show, into the show. But I was gone for two and a half months. That's insane, right? Because I left here late June to go up to Oregon. So it's always so nice to come home. So I'm happy to be home and happy to be with you guys. Julie? That's good. Liz, it's nothing is insane. It's 2020, okay? Right. And it's all good, right? I'm Julie Dolan. <laughs> I'm the oldest sister. I live in Dallas, Texas. I'm happy to be here. Uh, I'm a podcaster. I've lived and worked all over the world. We're going to do some international talk today. And I'm also a grandmother. I have five grandchildren. They're all going to school this week, too. So how about that? Okay. All right, good. We're going to get an update on that. Were you going to tell us exactly how that's happening? So yeah. Uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Also on the show today, Julie, you're bringing an international news roundup. It's been a while. Is it, it has you, been a while. You know, yeah. we've been very focused on what's going on here in the U.S., Leanne, but um, some of the same people are up to the same old tricks, and I have to fill you in on it. Yeah. Yeah. Poison is inspiring. So great. Uh, terrific. Uh, Liz, um, you are going to pay tribute to a couple of people that you met this weekend, one of whom you met this weekend, both of whom happen to be teachers. Tell us what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you what I was doing this weekend in Oregon. It was really interesting. But then also special shout out to my high school American history teacher, who was one of my all-time best teachers I ever had. I just heard that she passed away. So, you know, Julie, you also had Shirley Thorman as a teacher. So we're just going to do a special shout out to like what makes memorable teachers so memorable. So more on that. Okay, that sounds good. We also have entertainment, sis, entertaining sisters recommendations. And stay tuned. We're announcing our big September Facebook and Instagram contests. So hold what? on to your hats, get your hashtags ready 
fire up your your iPhones and your photos uh, because we are going to need them. This is Julie cooked up this idea for this contest. We like it. So we're going to tell you about it later on in the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, sisters, I wanted to start by telling you about a little ceremony I had this weekend with my daughter-in-law, Vera, and my granddaughter, Alice, because, you know, we're all in the same pod. And one of the things that I like, because I'm a mother of boys, I like to, it's so nice when I can do girl things with girl family members. It's really <laughs> exciting. It's very <laughs> exciting. So Lena and Liz, I like to save the special items from my FabFit fun box. And I do, we have a little like show and tell together, Vera, mm-hmm. Alice, and I. You know, it's very nice. I get really excited about it. So we were, this weekend, we were ooing and eyeing about some of the products and I was divvying them up. So like the Vitamask multivitamin max, mask set, that's hard to say. I gave, that, I gave that to Vera. You know, that's cooling. It's very good. And then the Beauty Papier Golden Superfood Shower Gel. Oh, I'm using that. Oh, yes. I I gave that to Alice. I mean, I love the names of these things. They're so elaborate. I kept the Anastasia Beverly Hills Clear Brow Gel. I kept that for myself. And then we pulled out this last item, and it was a gorgeous spray bottle, and it said crease release on it, and then it says reduces wrinkles. And so Vera and I were going back and forth about this. You know, it's classic scent. And I was like, Vera, I have more wrinkles than you do. You know, I, I, I really should, I should take this. And she said, but it would be so good, like, after you take a really, you know, hard nap or, you know, uh, and you get those creases on your face. And we are literally spraying the crease release <laughs> on our face and patting it in. And it has some French word on there. It says defoissage. And I, again, my French failed me, Liz and Leon. I don't know what that was, but we're like patting this stuff on our face. And then it was my son that said, hey, do you see? It also says the laundress, New oh, York. Oh, my gosh. I was, we were literally putting spray, st- slapping spray starch on our face. <laughs> and how did it work? Did it work? I feel like my creases were released, Liz. I feel like it was reducing my wrinkles. Yeah, we're just, we're slapping. Can you, you know, but it was. (laughs) Crease release. It was releasing my creases, you know, I just. I can't believe you did that because I looked at that bottle for like 20 minutes. Like, what is this stuff? And then I, and then I noticed the laundress. I was like. Oh, this will be good for me because I never iron, but it never occurred to me to spray it on my face. I like it. Wait, well, that's the fun part of those fab. Fit that must be why it? they put it in there. The bonus <laughs> round, the fun round. Okay. So uh, I'm looking good. That's all I can say. Someone should invent that product, though. I think you have. That's a big idea, Julie. Just I thought, I thought it was such a great name for a beauty product. Crease release. Yeah, good. And you know how unsightly that is when you get up from a nap and you got all those marks on your face? Just slap some okay. That's just such a specific use of a beauty product that I'm sure it will be invented, you know? <laughs> nap creases. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> that... That is very funny. Uh, that's very funny. All right. Well, I, I know a lot of people have been asking. Honestly, no one's been asking. But I just wanted to give you an update on 
how my dancing is going during this stay at home period. You know, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that I unexpectedly took up ballroom dancing a couple of years ago. Uh, I had a triumphant show in March where I performed a cha-cha to Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation. And then the next week, the shutdown happened here in California and there's been no in-person dance classes. No studios are open here. It's impossible for my teacher to teach in person. So, you know, initially as a sign of support, I said, sure, let's do some Zoom dance classes. Not really understanding how that even worked, but I just wanted to support my teacher because, you know, a freelancer like that, this this is this is a bad situation. And let's face it, in March we thought, well, a couple of weeks of this, this will be kind of fun. So <laughs> right. Right. flatten that curve. Yeah, we'll be back in action. No, yeah. exactly, Leah. <laughs> So I did not expect to actually learn an entire rumba by myself in my bedroom, in my bare feet. But that is what's been going on. He challenged me to learn a new dance, the rumba. And that is uh, the cha-cha is very hippie and it's fast and it's fun. The rumba is slow and sexy and I am struggling. I will, I will say this. About a month into these classes, he FaceTimes me. He's in his, you know, house 10 miles away. I'm upstairs and I'm trying to learn the steps and the hips and the this and pointing my toes. It's like everything I'm not. Every <laughs> is everything I'm not. And I had to say to him eventually, like, I just, I'm not sure this is me. He's like, you can do it. And what I realized was when we have class together and I want you to remember this when you're watching Dancing with the Stars next week. Like, he is such a strong dancer and a strong leader. He just whips me around, you know? Your feet kind of follow and eventually you get it. But when you're <laughs> dancing by yourself, you There's actually no have to know all the steps and do all the moves and, and he can watch you really intently. So I'll take like a half a step and he'll be like, eh, 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 eh. no, 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 go back, go back. Oh my gosh, it's exhausting. So uh, I just want you to know when dance competitions fire back up again, because this is what I am preparing for, my first competition. So as we joke, in 2040, when we're doing dance competitions again, I think I'm going to be ready. <laughs> but it's been good to support him because like, this seems to be going on forever. I read a terrible story in the LA Times this week about how all these dance studios all over Los Angeles are closing. So I'm happy oh. to support him. Even if I can't do the rumba, I'm going to keep doing the rumba is my, is my message to you. Okay. Well, it's, slow, slow and steady, Leanne. Yeah, there like he is. Slow. The sex, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I slow is right. I mean, I just have to keep saying, I don't think my hips can do that. Or like my feet, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll do something and then I fall over like I'm cramping, I'm cramping. And it's just pointing my feet. <laughs> so, um, but last week they announced the, the cast for Dancing with the Stars. Now, I haven't watched Dancing with the Stars in years um, because they started putting a lot of felons on the show. And I just wasn't down with that. No. But... So, and they're, let's face it, they're really out of stars now. They're just putting, it's just dancing with people you might've heard of is really the name of the show now. But I thought this year I'm going to rewatch again because why not? It's going to be the only live TV happening basically. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, you know, fan favorite Johnny Weir, I think is looking good. The Olympic skater, you know, I like oh, it. I skaters. Yes. 
He's going to be fabulous. Yeah. He, yes, he will be fabulous. Natural showman, knows how to do all this, feels the rhythm, loves wearing costumes. Like, I can't believe he hasn't won already, but he's he's on the show. But here's who I want you to watch. Remember the actress Anne Hesh? Remember Anne? Oh, remember? yes. We remember <laughs> Anne Hesh. Yeah. We go way back with Anne, right, Lynn? Right. Mm-hmm. Anne, Anne Hesh was on Another World. That's the soap opera that the Dolan sisters actually watched. Somehow our mother, she watched it too. She would let us watch Another World. So she played like twins on Another World. That's how she got her acting start. And then she's lived like nine lives. She's been, on, she's been in big movies. She's been in tall, small TV shows. She was with Ellen for a while. She actually married Ellen in 2008. Then she married a guy named Corey Laffler or Lafoon or something. (laughs) One time when we won a Gracie Award, she was the host. So we saw Anne. She's quite a showman up there on stage. (laughs) A lot happened. She really made a lot of bold statements on stage. So she is one of the contestants of Dancing with the Stars. She's 51 now. I feel like I'm going to be rooting for her and calling in for her because she might have a, a very small group of support. So I feel like we can get behind Anne. That's what <laughs> okay, I want. To say. All right. That's yeah. good. That's that's I, I like that. Why not? So she is the official satellite sisters candidate for Dance with the Stars. Okay. I think so. Mainly because I didn't know most of the other ones except Johnny Weir and Dan Hayes. So, but there you go. I'm on it. With Dan Hayes, I've always felt too like, Anything could happen at any moment. Anything her. could happen. <laughs> Anything could happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. So that's good for live TV. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm talking about like beyond the dancing. Just, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Anything yeah. can happen with Anne. Okay. There's going to be some emoting in those practice scenes. I yes. can tell you that. She's going to be emoting. There you go. All right. Well, that's something to look forward to this fall because now my summer escape is officially over. So I... Uh, Hooper and I rolled in last night, rolled home in here in Santa Monica after kind of an unexpected change in plans, but there's nothing better than being home. I, you know, it's nice to just be, cause I left here the end of June and uh, so very long time. And, but here I am. But those of you who listened a few weeks ago to our South American episode, you know, in August, we uh, replayed some of our favorite travel episodes episodes well you know that we were joking that you know we go to the andes and we go to the galapagos but i've never gone to yosemite (laughs) and so i was thinking about that as i was listening to that show in august and i thought well maybe this is my chance maybe when i'm driving home from uh from oregon this is the year to stop at yosemite and then i got on the national park service website and because they were dramatically limiting access you had to register for a drive-on pass, and I actually scored one of the drive-on passes. So I had expected to be wake, waking up in Yosemite this morning. But Sunday, I was in Eugene, um, and I was like swimming in the Mackenzie River with a couple of our cousins. It was del- it was a delightful day off. But you know, as we were sitting there on the beach. I heard lots of texts coming in, but I was ignoring it because I was having a delightful afternoon outside swimming with our cousins. But it turns out it was like a half a dozen of my friends texting me saying, you're not going to Yosemite, are you? Are you going to Yosemite? Are you at Yosemite right now? And I was 100% oblivious to the news about what was going on there with the fires. So that night when sitting in the backyard at our cousin's house, um, 
Luckily, our cousin-in-law, Kevin, uh, grew up in that part of Northern California and is familiar with that and actually looked at a map. And I'm like, so what do you think? Maps are good. That's something Dolan's never do is look (laughs) at a map, right? (laughs) You know, it's, it's just hard to know, like, how far away is that really? That was my main question to Kevin. Like, okay, if I'm over here and the fire's over there, is that close? Is that far? And he just kept saying, hmm, hmm. I would really not recommend that, Liz. <laughs> not recommend that. So, so anyway, I went from Yosemite to Nosemite, which is fine. It's fine. There's, a, you know, it's still going to be there in the future years. And I just, I deadheaded it um, all the way back. And uh, so it's just, I, here's the positive point of view. It's just still on my goals now. So it's just, you know, there's still time for me in my life to get to Yosemite. Didn't happen to be this week. But, you know, I had an excellent alternate plan, which was just come home and settle back in here. So it's all good. All good, sisters. Okay. Well, because Liz, last week you did a segment, which you sort of pitched to us as a lighthearted look at all the things you didn't do this <laughs> this summer. <laughs> And when we got into it, it was like, oh, you didn't clean a rug and you didn't learn your pedicure. And what was the last one? You didn't. She had her box. She had her box. Oh, yeah. You didn't open the box of stuff. Yeah. 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 I thought it was lighthearted. Yeah. Yeah. Although we could see like halfway through, we were like, hmm, not quite as lighthearted as we might have thought. But um, we got some grief on the Facebook page. First of all, Barbara. Uh, wants you to know she says omg liz dolan so unlike you to take the glass half empty stance about your summer vacation not done list i mean look at your 20 plus seasons of cooking with liz you learned you cooked you entertained us all and this is where we come in julie i can't believe leanne dolan and julie smith didn't pep talk you out of your own disappointment take credit and look at what you did yay liz well there you go liz (laughs) yay liz Thank you. I appreciate the pep talk. Can I just say that, as you, listeners, I do have conversations with Leon and Julie that are not recorded, where they are highly positive about things that I've accomplished. <laughs> so that was not a list of like, oh, what was me summer? Like this was my whole summer. It's just there were three. You think I did accomplish a lot this summer, but there were just three silly things that. I did not get to. Anyway, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So, yay Liz. But yay Julie, Liz. Go yeah. Liz. Go yeah, Liz. you're good. I I am going to hold the line on the carpet, though. I feel like <laughs> driving a dirty carpet a thousand miles, keeping it in your car for two and a half months and driving it home. I, I feel like you're going to regret that is all I mean. Like, because there's literally a dry cleaner at your house of Ben. There's one like a block and a half away. I know. I, I know. It's even a drive through and like nothing could have been easy, easier. So other than that, but the pedicure, you're never going to give yourself a good pedicure, Liz, that just let it go. I mean, that's fine. And, yeah. uh, so and the box, we, all, the have box, we, all, we all have boxes, right? Yeah. Exactly. Or drawers okay. or yeah. closets. Don't so, worry about But the carpet, uh, you may regret that. But it was interesting because we had a graphic. So I posted on our Facebook group thinking people would give, you know, what three things didn't you do this summer? Thinking things, people would list things along the lines of what you did, you know, sort of lighthearted things, small, not huge. But we had those. And then we had some really thoughtful, like, frankly, heartbreaking 
answers about all the things that people have missed out on uh, over the course of the last six months. And I think it just reinforced the importance of acknowledging these losses that have occurred this year and really reframing the present. And so, Barbara, you're right. Glass half empty versus glass half full. Yeah, we need to sort of take the glass half full stance, but just acknowledge that people have missed out on a lot of really important things uh, over the last six months. So, so for that, Liz, I acknowledge the things that you missed out on. Okay. My things were not important. <laughs> well, to Barbara, Apparently there. not, because you didn't do them. Okay. Oops. Okay. Oops. We're slipping back. Okay. Right. I'm sorry. We're going to end this segment quick. As long as we're talking about pep talks, Leanne, can I say that your, uh, your edition of Pep Talk, the New Satellite Sisters newsletter last week was... Just really great because I think it is that time, early September, where no matter where you've been the last six months or what you're doing, this is a time of year where you feel like things are starting again and, oh, my God, how are we going to do this? How are we going to pull this off? So I was, you know, I was very moved and um, pepped by what by what you wrote. So thank you, Leanne. I, I really appreciated the idea of, like, take a deep breath, step up, step off the curb and give it a go. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah, that took me a while to get to that. You know, again, inspiration strikes and, and I tried a couple of other ways in, but I think it works. So thank you. If you haven't subscribed to Pep Talk, you can go to our website. There's a pop up that will come up. You can subscribe there. There are lots of links at our uh, website, SatelliteSisters.com or on our social media. It's going to come into your inbox every Friday morning. Um, if it kills me. So yes. <laughs> it's good no, to have I'm, goals, just week to week goals. That's yeah. Good. It adds structure to your life besides the Roomba and then <laughs> a Roomba, <laughs> whatever. I should, I should also get a Roomba. That's true, but it is the Roomba. <laughs> All right. We are going to take some time here to thank a couple of sponsors. Liz, summer is coming up and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling sure. there yes. with your with your butcher box. What, what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for a part of the summer, yeah. I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's I mean, great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what, uh, what, what I'm recommending. Yeah, either way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, you, I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. ButcherBox gives you peace of mind and easy-to-find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> nice to have something familiar there. <laughs> yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. 
Thanks, Butcher Box. Okay, sisters, I want to do a shout out to two amazing people. I mentioned this at the top, one of whom I met in high school and the other I just met this weekend. And both of them just have the heart of great teachers. So this weekend, here's what I was doing. I met a guy named Otis Davis. As I've mentioned on the show before, I'm working on things related to the sport of track and field. And this summer, I was going to be working on, you know, the Olympic trials uh, would be up in Eugene, Oregon at the brand new Hayward Field and then the Olympics. Well, we all know how that turned out. But anyway, Hayward Field still exists. And on the brand new Hayward Field, there's a big tower where four athletes are saluted. And the oldest of those athletes... um, is Otis Davis. And this weekend was, believe it or not, the 60th anniversary of the day Otis Davis won a gold medal in the 400 at the Rome Games. Um, the, so that was Rome 1960. He won a gold medal and he set a new world record. So he is recognized on this tower because he was the first ever University of Oregon athlete to win an Olympic gold medal. So that was kind of cool. So he, Oh, that is cool. Yeah, is. yeah. Yeah, they have a whole, every story on the tower is a different gold medalist that came from the university. And, uh, and then his picture is one of the big ones on the outside. So we had him there, you know, in a very socially distanced way to just do special recognition of his... Um, his record 60, 60 years ago. Can you imagine 60 years ago in Rome? What it was like, those were the days when you like got on a boat to go to the Olympics. You know? right. <laughs> and, but here's the thing about him. He, he just has an amazing life story, which I did not know at all until we worked on it this weekend. He came to the University of Oregon as on a basketball scholarship, but it just so happened that his dorm was right across the street from Hayward Field. And he was looking out his dorm window and he was looking at the runners practicing. He thought, well, I could do better than that. So (laughs) he went over and he just introduced himself to Bill Bowerman, the very famous track coach there. He's like, hey, I could do better than your athletes. And, uh, And Bowerman said, well, what can you do? And Otis said, well, what do you need? (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And so he tried him at the the long jump. He was really good at that. The high jump, very good at that. Like distance running, yeah, fine. He was good at that. But it's when they put him in the 400 and some of the the sprints that they realized he had found his event. And so in two years, this is what's amazing, even if you don't follow a lot of sports stories. Imagine in two years, he went from walking onto that track for the first time and saying to Coach Bowerman, hey, can I help? winning an Olympic gold medal and setting a world record. There's only two years that went by. Wow. Isn't that incredible? That's an amazing story, Liz. Yeah. It's just, just amazing. And then, you know, back in the day, there was no real professional track and field. Olympians were still, you know, allegedly amateurs. So he graduated from the university of Oregon and, uh, and he became a teacher. And so he taught right there in Springfield, Oregon for a long time, and then moved to the East Coast and has lived in New Jersey for a long time. And even though he's he's 88 years old now, sisters, and he is still a coach and mentor and what they call a verification officer, which I think they used to call like 
a truancy officer uh, at the high school in Union City, New Jersey. So he works with kids to keep them engaged in school and sports. And it's just like a, it's just a very fulfilling story that he, in both ways, he found, he found his calling. And like very quickly, you know, setting a world record, not for nothing, super hard to do. And, uh, and then also finding his calling as a teacher. So I just wanted to say what a what an honor it was to meet someone like that this weekend and to to have him there. And he also was very happy to be honored in that way because I think you get to be eighty eight, your record's now been broken, you know, by like Michael Johnson, and you just think, oh, well, maybe nobody remembers the contribution I made. So it was it was very nice to be able to say to him, we remember the con- contribution you made, Otis. So that was. Yeah, you won't you won't forget that, Liz. You won't Never. forget meeting him, hear, hearing his story. I mean, that makes such an impact, just connecting really? with him, right? And also, the, there was, I mean, we had to keep people far away because obviously COVID, but there was a moment where some of the runners came by, they were practicing on the track. And when he saw those kids, Julie, you know, just these college students go running, he just like lit up and started like, yelling to them (laughs) (laughs) that's great that's great just is amazing and then so we did a whole bunch of filming and pictures and things and that was on sunday was the anniversary and he was wearing his olympic blazer i think i sent you that picture or Uh i posted in my facebook group in my facebook page he used to you know he still fits into the olympic (laughs) so that's a guy right there is something give him a gold medal for that yeah (laughs) Okay, so Otis Davis, well done. Uh, life very well lived. Second person in that category for me, Shirley Thorman, was my American history teacher in high school. Julie, also your American history teacher, right? Yes, Liz. And, you know, I think uh, one of the things about a great teacher is I know she was your favorite teacher. She mm-hmm. was my favorite teacher, too. I think she's one of those teachers that could make each individual feel so special, so, you know, so motivated that it's not surprising that we both, you know, thought she was the best teacher ever. Yeah. 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 A, a high school classmate of mine uh, posted it in on her Facebook page this weekend. That's how I saw it. And uh, Felicia, what she posted is after eight years of grade school, five years of high school, four years of college, and three years of law school, I can tell you that Shirley Thorman was one of the three best teachers I ever had. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mrs. Thorman. And then down below, she does explain why she was in high school for five years. And then, then, <laughs> then another, another classmate noted, oh, yeah, Mrs. Thorman, she totally had my number. And I think there is something like a great teacher. They have your number, but in a good way, you know? Mm-hmm. She was very challenging. Yes, she wouldn't let you get away with things. And she taught me what dialectic materialism was as a junior in high school. I mean, she really just, there was no idea or she felt like everybody could handle like very complicated, you know, complex political theory. So she just, she challenged all of us. I remember going to her junior year. I was like, I was like, Mrs. Thorman, I got to get out of here. Can I just... Can I just go to college next year? Can you help me? You're like, can I just oh really? I didn't oh know yeah. That. yeah, I yeah, I was just you know, I I just felt like I was ready to get out of high school, and she's like, sure, I can help you with that if that's what you want to do. And then she spent like three months talking me out of it, just very slowly talking me out of it. 
So, and I, you know, back in the day, applying to college wasn't like a full-time business. You just, <laughs> no, you just, yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure I never told mom and dad that I was thinking of doing that. I was just like, well, I'll just put my plan together and then I'll tell them, yeah, I'm going to go to college next year instead of waiting next year. Mrs. Thorman, she had my number. She could hear my, you know, my desire to like maybe do things that were more challenging or just get out of high school. And she, she like talked me, she talked me back into high school in the best possible way. So that was just, um, yeah, uh, she will be, you think about certain teachers for me, it's two. It's, Miss Sorchiati in second grade and Shirley Thorman, junior year of, uh, of high school. And so all the teachers out there, you know, if you wonder if your students remember you, yes, we do. I mean, it's so important what you do that those two women are still in my brain all the time at people that really had a huge impact on my life. So just wanted to say that Shirley Thorman, like, again, a, a life very well lived where you made a huge contribution to many people. Thank you, Mrs. Thorman. That's all we can say. Yeah. Well, it is, you know, speaking of school, it is what I'm now calling Satellite Sisters School Days. That is D-A-Z-E. Yes, because for many, many people, they have either started or they're going to start this week. Now, I just have a sample size of five. That would be my five grandchildren. And I gathered some reactions to what they were thinking about going back to school. Now, first of all, um, the most important thing to realize is what is happening now. This, When they go to school, that is school. What happened in the spring was not school, okay? For, for all three of my grandchildren, it's like that remote learning, that was not school. That was something else. But now school, the building, you know, that's all happening again. So I asked the first grader, I said, what, you know, was he, you know, when was he going back to school? Because the schedules are very complicated. And he said he had no idea when he was going to school. <laughs> he said, Nana, it's very complicated, but he's excited to see his friend Alex Brown. And he always uh, refers to Alex Brown as with both his first and his last name. So, but he has no idea when it's happening. So the fifth grader, very, very happy to be back at school. They went uh, last week for a couple of half days, really, really made a difference to see his friends, to be close to his friends. But he also, the fifth, gra fifth grader figured out that uh, with the hybrid system, he only has two days of school this week. So he thought that was excellent too. So, okay. Just enough. Just. Just, just enough. Yeah. The eighth grader, she was okay. But when she was a little bummed out because she realized her two best friends because of their family situation um, were doing online school. So they were not actually going to be back in school with her. Um, so she's going to have to figure out when, when she can see her her, you know, her best friends, because they're not going to be at school this fall. And you, they, they made a decision, you have to commit one way or the other, you can't float back and forth between being online and being um, in school. She's also said it's really quiet at school in the classroom, because oh. everybody has a mask on. Yeah. And everyone's behind uh, a plexiglass uh, shield. Mm. Yeah. So, so that's okay. So that's her report. Okay. Uh, then we moved to my group in Brooklyn, uh, and there they were scheduled to be my um, 
Josephine was going to be in first grade in a public school in New York, and Evelyn was going to go to nursery school. And so none of that is happening. Uh, they, my son and daughter-in-law, and the two girls have moved to Connecticut, where schools are open. So uh, the first grader there, Josephine, starts at a school today. She is very nervous because, you know, she's now living in a new house. She's, you know, has to go to a new school. Um, she knows one other child because my son and daughter uh, were, are kind of doing, daughter-in-law are doing it in a pod. And some friends of theirs also moved to Connecticut. So they're going to share childcare and try to, you know, and all the kids are going to go to the same school. So she seemed pretty nervous about that. And then the two-year-old who was, who was scheduled to go to school has already announced that she is not going to school because she's two. Okay. Yeah. So that should be very nice on the first day. She doesn't care that her parents moved her to Connecticut. So she'd have a chance to go to school. She's two and she is not going to go to school. So that should be lovely. So I think in general, everybody's sort of holding their breath, including the two-year-old uh, right. for, fall Literally. Yes, for fall semester 2020. I'll keep you posted. Yeah, well, wow. For your son and daughter-in-law to like make the quick decision to move out of New York to another state, that's so much hard work for parents to like make those decisions. I, make I mean, it just was untenable in New York that the school wasn't going to be open enough to like, they couldn't figure out how they both could work and how they could do, you know, the childcare and the online learning. They just couldn't make it work. I mean, so it was not their choice. They didn't want to leave, but they, you know, they really felt like it was um, the best decision for their family. And, uh, so that's, that's uh, all one can do. Yes. That's all that you can do. Yep. What's Urban Nana going to do with all those black clothes? What are you going to do, Urban know. Nana? You got to get a I know. whole new wardrobe in Connecticut. I don't know. <laughs> Connecticut, I got to get some pink and green, right? <laughs> some top ciders or something. I don't get know. Some, get some, get some top ciders. Yeah, that'll be good. Don't do that. <laughs> those are those are sexy. Those are the sexy <laughs> shoes. <laughs> well, you know, we've been talking a lot about kids and that's, it's understandable, but I, there was an interesting piece in the New York times by Kate Murphy this week. And it caught my, it caught my eye because the headline rang true to me. It said, we're all socially awkward now. And it said, deprive people of interaction with peers and their social skills will atrophy. This is yet another side effect of the pandemic. So we get that this is happening to kids and this is a real reason why people want to get their kids back in school or in these pods with other families. But grownups, it, it seems, if they're deprived of consistent and varied peer contact can get just as clumsy at social interactions as inner, inexperienced kids. And this is based on research from, listen to this lineup of groups, prisoners, hermits, soldiers, astronauts, and polar explorers. Okay. They, people, right. Okay. They've done some time in isolation. Yes. yes. And it says people separated from society by circumstance or by choice report feeling more anxious, impulsive, awkward, and intolerant when they return to normal life. And psychologists and neuroscientists now are seeing something similar happen all over the country thanks to the pandemic. We're kind of losing our facility and agility in social situations, whether we're aware of it or not. Have any of these things happened to you where you're like, 
people are oversharing on Zoom or overreacting to or misconstruing one another's behaviors. You you want contact, but then when contact is around, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't actually think I want to be here. What am I doing here? Have any of you experienced that? Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like, like being in a physical space with people. Yeah. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a pretty odd malaise. I find like when I put that when I first particularly started wearing the masks, like I didn't even want to make eye contact with people or <laughs> I know, you know, I know what's that about. Right. Like, like I can't, I can't even... see or breathe with yeah. this mask on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I can understand why Alice says everyone's so quiet. Cause you don't really want to make chit chat, you know, small talk with the mask on. It just doesn't seem worth it. I, I even find like, cause I drive so rarely, like I get in the car and I'm like, okay, What's happening in this car? How do I get this car in the reverse? So I'm not sure that's the social awkwardness. It's just you do lose skills. So so psychologists are saying, you know, this is normal. Uh, You'll get those skills back. But you do need to be kind of gentle and patient with yourself because the readjustment is real. Mm -hmm. Uh, So in every interaction you make helps you get back to normal. But they stress that you should try to stay connected and engage at least once a day with another person on a phone or on a Zoom call, or even if it's, you know, picking up your your dinner, like try to make eye contact and and converse with them in a small matter. And that will like help keep your skills sharp. But then your dog does not count. I don't think your dog counts because they can talk back. Okay. (laughs) They start small, be gentle, be kind, and realize that everybody else is going through the same thing. I think that's, that's exactly important. right. That's it's important it. too. It's like you're not the only one experiencing this. So yeah, I yeah. think it's it's very important not to overreact. Mm-hmm. The last line is have patience for your own and other people's weirdness. And that yeah. <laughs> and that's true. There mm-hmm. you go. Just a reminder. Okay. All right. Well, sisters. One more thing um, in this segment, you know, we haven't we haven't really talked about the international news roundup in quite some time because I think we have been so inwardly focused on what's happening here with with the coronavirus. But I did want to give you some highlights that there's a whole world out there. You know, obviously the whole world is battling coronavirus, but there's some other news stories that I want to keep your eyes on. Um, One has to do with Alexei Navalny. Now, he is the Russian opposition leader. But he was recently poisoned with Novacek. Mm-hmm. He was traveling from Siberia on a plane to uh, Moscow. And apparently he was served some tea in the airport. Um, he was poisoned. So, uh, yeah. And he was uh, transferred to a German hospital in Berlin. He's been in a coma. He is now, uh, now he's o- awake but they're not certain, you know, how much brain damage he's going to have uh, done because this is the same uh, Novacek is the same nerve agent that was used um, on the Russian spy uh, Sergei Skirpal in London. Oh, he was poisoned, right? Do you remember this? Yeah. Now the EU is demanding transparency from the Russians. Well, good luck with that. And um, Putin, this um, this Alexei Navalny is such um, an opponent of Putin that Putin won't even say his name out loud because he doesn't want to give him 
any credence or any, you know, any reputation. But if, could we just for a second do a short satellite sister history of the Russian poisoning stories that we have done here on Satellite Sisters? Long history. Long I history. mean, starting in 2004, we talked about Viktor Yushchenko, the Ukrainian presidential candidate. Remember, he had that poison soup and that his whole yeah. face got really strange. Yes. We talked about that. Yeah. How about the journal in 2004, the journalist Anna Piroskaya? She was yeah. on a flight, an Aeroflot flight. She had tea again, poisoned, died. Litvinenko, we talked about uh, quite a bit in 2006. He was the ex-Russian intelligence officer. He had that bad cup of tea in London, and he ended up dying. You know, but, but it has continued 2015, 2018. Critics and journalists um, of Putin have been, have been poisoned. They just poison him and kill him, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, and they seem yeah. to have no problem with us knowing that we're the ones, that they're the ones doing it, right? It's like, they don't care. They just, they just want to, you know, without get... impunity, Liz, you know, I mean, it's just, they are like, yeah, they, they just know, but no one is going to call them on it. I mean, they're, you know, the, the Germans are saying, well, they may reconsider a natural gas line. That's not going to happen. You know, I mean, they just, they just poison all their critics. Yeah. Okay. And I heard a, I heard an analysis of like, why poison? Because it's so old fashioned. And uh, the expert said, well, that's exactly why. The poison is just, it's so old school. And it, it's a way of saying every cup of tea could kill you. Uh, yeah. I mean, think about that. Right. Yeah. 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 So right. stay away from the soup too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all, yeah. It's just, it's very disturbing. It's, it's very disturbing. Okay. Uh, but re related to that story, I mean, have you been watching what's been happening in Belarus? Now they, yes. this is where... This is, they have the longest serving, I'm going to call him a ruler, a President Lushenko, Lukashenko, okay? And he is really the last of the, like, sort of Stalin-esque dictators. I mean, you, do you realize everything in Belarus, you know, all the manufacturing is still state-controlled. The media is state-controlled. They have a very powerful secret police. And, but they've had oppositions and demonstrations, and these have been very wise, widespread, because um, they're fueled by, you know, the really dissatisfaction with all the corruption, with the poverty, with the low pay, the lack of opportunity. Uh, certainly coronavirus has compounded this situation. And then they recently had a, an election where, you know, everybody said it was the, all the ri voting was rigged. So they've had these demonstrations. Well, over the weekend, one of the leading opposition figures and Olga Koval. Uh, Kovakava, I guess is her name. Um, she was uh, just apprehended. They, they don't know where she is. You know, there's oh, reports right. that she was just taken uh, and, you know, we may never see her again. And it's just, but it speaks to, but, you know, these protesters are coming out. They're coming out as families. They're bringing their children. They're bringing their dogs. So they're, you know, in that situation. I mean, they're amazingly uh, courageous to do this, you know, but, um, and, and that, you know, they're just, Belarus is just using these really old style tactics. You know, they're rounding up, they're arresting like 3,000 people at a time. So, um, but it will be interesting to see what will happen. Russia, of course, says they are standing ready to, you know, to defend uh, Belarus. But, um, you know, I don't know where that's going. I don't know what you think. Yeah. Well, can I just remind people who may be newer listeners that, 
you lived in Russia for five years, which is why we've been covering Russian poisonings and, and all things Eastern Bloc in such detail. It is fascinating. And you have such a unique view into it and uh, interest in it. So thank you, Julie, for keeping up to date. And, and then one last international story. Now, they're really, I mean, they're more your neighbors than international types, but Megan, uh, Markle and Prince Harry, you know, they're right yeah. there. They got the big Netflix deal, $150 million to do some podcasts. So that's that's nice. But here's the part that got that was of interest <laughs> to me, sisters. OK, I mean, I'm signing up for this podcast. OK, there's no doubt about that. But I was have you heard what their podcast is going to be about? Here's the words that were described in Variety magazine. Inspirational family programming. Powerful storytelling, truthful and relatable, positivity, and the need for connection. Now, Leanne Dolan, didn't you write the need for connection in our first book? Didn't yes. You? I don't want to be. I don't want to be bitter business bureau about this. I mean, I'm happy that they got the 150 million dollars and they can pay off what they they need to pay off for those renovations in their old uh, crusty castle there. But, um, yeah. You feel like they're stealing our concept? That's it? That's your... <laughs> inspirational family programming, Liz? How about some powerful storytelling? Do you think they have a crease release story like I did today? <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you. Yeah, okay. Truthful, relatable. Liz, you laid it on the line with your rug in the back of your car. Mm. Come on, come on. I mean... Confessional. Positivi po positivity? I don't know. Yeah, okay. I'm sure it's going to be great. But we'll listen, exactly. I Julie, I think if they uh, do a royalty report, we're going to have some IP issues and then we can contact a lawyer. Yeah, okay. I would. Let's watch for that. If they okay, start to do a weekly royalty report. <laughs> uh, all right. We are going to. Oh, we're going to tell you about our big contest when we get back on Instagram and Facebook. But first, we have to thank a couple of sponsors that allow us to provide Satellite Sisters to you free of charge. All right, Satellite Sisterhood, the fall is here and we have a new contest for you. Uh, that's right. We want to see your photos on Instagram and Facebook. And here's the big idea. Julie came up with it. Show us what you did. Okay, Jill, tell us, tell the people what you mean. We want to lo look at what I did. Okay, we want you to share what you've been doing, big or small. Did you paint a picture? How about you painted, did you paint a room? Did you plant a garden? Did you knit a sweater? Did you make a dress, a wreath? Did you make a cake? Uh, did you make a she shack? Uh, did you throw a pot? Did you plant some pot? Any of it is good. We want to see it. Okay. Anything you accomplished. Yes. Yes. And we want, we want these on pictures for Instagram and Facebook with the hashtag. This is important, right? Leanne sad yes. sister. Look what I did. Sat sisters. Look what I did. That's right. So we, yeah. these are, so this is a, a contest on Instagram and Facebook. The prize is going to be a big stash of Satellite Sisters products. We're going to put together uh, a bag full of swag and send it out to you. Uh, but the hashtag is key because we need to be able to find your entries. And that's how we do it with the hashtag. Hashtag Sat Sisters. Look what I did. All one word. Post your photos September 8th through the 28th. And winners will be announced on our show on the 29th. It's a random drawing. So there's, so even as Julie mentioned, if it's a tiny, tiny accomplishment, maybe, maybe unlike Liz, who couldn't get her rug cleaned, maybe you got your rug cleaned this summer. 
this summer. There's nothing. It's just, nothing is too big or too small. Okay. That's don't right. overthink this, people. Just so just share with us what you've been doing, big and small. Okay. It's gonna be That's fun. Right. Sat sisters, look what I did. You can start posting right now through the 28th. You can post both on Facebook and on Instagram. We're going to pick one winner from each. Julie, I think this is a fun idea. I can't wait to see what people post. I, I'm really excited. Yeah, I know. Have you? Or do you have anything to post? Can you kick us off? Do you have, what did you accomplish this summer? Oh, Leon, I didn't know you were going to ask that. Okay, yeah, I put you on the spot. Sorry. I, yeah. No, I don't know. What I'm, I'm going to come up with something. Big come up or with small. Something. Big or small. I'm going to come up with it and I'm going to put it online. Yep. You could bake some brownies right after the show and that would totally count. So. I, mean, I know what I can do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hashtag it's at sisters. Look what I did. And I'll put that info in the show notes too. So everyone can remember how to do that because right. we do being able to find all the entries and we get a big kick out of these contests. Right. Right. But it's key. You, it's key to finding the entries. So that that's, that's why we insist on the hashtag. Uh, I'm sure there are other ways we could monetize the hashtag, but we don't know how to do that. So we just, we need it. We need it to just find your entry. All right. I want to remind people to, too, that I'm doing a whole bunch of those crowdcast, bring your own book club, uh, book clubs this fall oh, again. Yay. So, they were hit in the spring and the summer. I was so happy to talk to so many readers of the Sweeney Sisters. And so I am announcing four dates starting tomorrow. Uh, so it's going to be a bunch of Wednesdays in September and October. And then I'm having a Sunday brunch time slot for people who that might work better. So September 9th at 4 Pacific, September 16th at 7 Pacific, October 14th at 4 Pacific, and October 18th at 9 a.m. slash noon Eastern. Okay, so Wednesday night, just sign up. It's free. It's on a platform called Crowdcast. So we'll put the link in the show notes. I'll also spread the link around social media. You can go to my website, leandolan.com. Click on the book clubs on the nav bar. The link is there. There are plenty of places to find the link to Crowdcast. That's the platform. You have to enter an email, but then that's it. Then your work is done and you'll be reminded when to come. You're not on camera. It's me. You can ask any questions. These are not taped. So they're open and we have a lot of fun and they're free. And you can bring your whole book club. We have a, I'll have a whole book club showing up on the 16th. So I'm excited about that. Or you can just come by yourself and be part of my book club. So there you go. All right, Liz, we have some time for entertaining sisters. What do you got? Okay, here's a quickie. I uh, wanted a wildly escapist book to listen to on my drive home from Oregon. So I picked a great one. Carl Hyacin, you know, who's written many bestsellers, including like Skinny Dip and others that I have loved, has a brand new book out called Squeeze Me. And, you know, all of his stories are crazy, satirical uh, stories of things that really could only happen in Florida. So yeah. this, this one starts when a society matron is eaten by a giant Burmese python sister. Oh, then, I love it. Yeah, yes. that's good. That's a good beginning. Yeah. And then Julia gets more absurd from there. That's like the straightest part of the book. And then it spins wild, wildly out of control. It's what one reviewer called Carl Hyacinth's signature hijinks. So I was totally in the mood for some signature hijinks and I loved it. 
one other note on this the the main character star is a um is a critter removal specialist because obviously there are a lot of snakes in this story so who's going to handle the snakes and it's a female character named angie armstrong who is fantastic and so really loved it uh one heads up this is all very colorful people so it's very cold for language so if that's not your thing maybe this is not your book but I loved it and highly recommend it. It's Carl Hyacinth's Squeeze Me. Funny title, right? Yes, it is. Oh, yeah, now, now I get, get it. it. Yeah. yeah, the snake analogy. Oh, yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah. That's good. Well, sisters, I have a recommend recommendation for you. This is uh, on Netflix. It's a, a Norwegian series called Occupied. And this is a climate change thriller. Those are three words you never really see together like that, but that is really the premise of this of this show. There are three seasons that are on Netflix right now. There are subtitles, but it has Norwegians. They may be the good guys. We're not certain. The Russians, they're definitely the bad guys. And then there's the EU, and they are sort of good guys and sort of bad guys in this. Uh, but there's lots of plot twists, interesting characters, um, and it's a very sort of plausible uh, plot, which I don't want to. I don't want to give away any of the details to it. But it's very involving. I'm enjoying it. Occupied. Oh, Julie. Okay, that sounds good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I tuned into something on Netflix this weekend, an uns just surprisingly a sob fest. <laughs> and it's called a documentary called The Speed Cubers. And it's about um, it's about Rubik's Cube competitions. Oh, and what I liked about it was it was only 40 minutes long. It wasn't like a 14 part series on this. It was this really simple story about these two top competitors and the relationship that they have, but that it sets the whole stage for this really niche competitive world of uh, speed cubing. And Julie, I think like your your grandkids would really enjoy it. It's appropriate okay. for anybody. You know, the language is fine. It's fun to see them. I had no idea that Rubik's cubes are all about math. I didn't know that, which is mainly maybe probably that's why I couldn't, I never could solve that. Yes. Okay. Qualified. Okay. Maybe that's, Ooh, that's yeah. a, that's, that's a hard lesson to learn at this point in our lives. <laughs> it is. That's I bitter. just, that's yeah. a very bitter lesson. Okay. So that's going to be no hashtag sad sisters. Look what I did. That's the <laughs> But maybe someone out there has mastered the algorithms and they can show us and that would be fun. We'll also, I guess, take videos. But anyway, it's it's a surprisingly moving, very charming documentary uh, called The Speed Cubers. Oh. Um, so that's on Netflix. Also, I have a bunch of books that I read this week over the last couple of weeks that just all happened to be set in France and be about wine or food, but oh. they couldn't be more different. So I'm going to um, put those in the newsletter this week. I'll do a little book roundup in the newsletter in Pep Talk. So if you haven't signed up for Pep Talk, that's a good inspiration to do that. But I love them. They're, all three of them were different, but I loved all of them. Oh, okay. Nice. All right. Uh, we would like to thank Sergio Enriquez for um, engineering Satellite Sisters and connecting us and making it all happen behind the scenes. Thank you, Sergio. We always appreciate uh, your hard work. And thanks to you, the Satellite Sisterhood and Misterhood, your support of the people that support us make this all possible, and we really appreciate it. All right. On our to-do list, Liz, what do you got? 
Okay, well, I just got home after being away for two and a half months, sister. So I have two and a half months worth of mail that I, that I need to go through. I was having someone collect my mail while I was gone and then take pictures of it and send me pictures so I could see if any of it looked important. And none of it looked important for two and a half months. <laughs> just put it in that box of yours Liz there was only one letter that looked important it had urgent in big letters on it so Leon, when your son Colin was here doing yeah. doing a favor for me some you know some home improvement I had him open that letter and uh and take a picture of it and text it to me it's a good thing I did because that was my water in bend was going to get turned off so I caught that in the nick of time but um <laughs> two and a half now- Look what you did, Liz. That's pretty good. There you go, Liz. Take a picture of that. You guys are always so supportive of me. Thank you. (laughs) Leon, how about you? Uh, I am am getting my hair cut and colored this week, so I'm excited about that. It's only my second. uh, Last one was back in May. So I have a lot of events this fall. I decided it's it's time. Headed over. My hairdresser is working out of her house. So uh, she's set up outside out of her house. So I will be headed there this week. It's exciting. I mean, I got to prep all week for that. You just got to get ready. I'm I'm looking forward to it. That is really good. Well, on my to-do list is the U.S. Open. Now, this is the first uh, sporting event that I've watched. uh, And uh, here's the thing. It's weird, but good. So it's just tennis. No crowds, no cheering, no atmosphere, just hardcore tennis. And the good news is there are three American women in the quarterfinals, Brady, Rogers, and Serena. And three of the women in the quarterfinals are also moms. So you got to oh, root wow. for all of them, right? Wow. So turn it on. The hardcore tennis. Uh, just watch. Just watch the tennis. That's all. All it's all about. Yep. It's okay. a good start. I'm proud of them. I'm proud of the U.S. Open for uh, for doing it. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is good, but weird. I, I agree. Yep. I agree. Yep. I agree. All right. That's our show for the week. Thanks, everybody. Um, hey, Julie, Liz, have a good week. You, you too, Leanne. And don't forget, call your satellite sister. <laughs>